Hi, everybody. So today we're going to talk about, um, we're going to go through uh, the Bible here about a gentleman by the name of Josiah who had a word prophesied over him. And then later on, we'll look at it, the fulfillment of this, this prophecy. Um, but the, I want to address something that you have to recognize that your life has a destiny, that you have a purpose and you have something that God has called you to do. You don't know the prophetic words that were given about your life prior to your birth, but the things have happened and God is wanting to fulfill his divine purpose in and through your life. Okay, so here we go. In um, in 1 Kings chapter 13, um, I'm reading out of the New American Standard. 1 Kings chapter 13, uh, starting with verse 1. We're going to read 1 and 2. Um, wow. Actually, let's go a little further than that, but we'll just read it. It says, Now behold, there came a man of God from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, while Jeroboam was standing by the altar to burn incense. He cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son will be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense to you, and human bones shall be burned on you. And then he gave a sign on the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken this. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes which are on it will be poured out. Okay, so that's the prophetic word that was spoken about a gentleman that wasn't yet to be born. His name is Josiah. We're talking years later. Years later, I mean, like Hezekiah hasn't even been born yet. Hezekiah ends up becoming king in Second Kings chapter 21. I mean, we have Manasseh. Um, yeah, this is crazy, man. Manasseh was like, um, it says, and Manasseh in verse nine seduced them to do evil more than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the sons of Israel. And he says, like, there's no other, it says, uh, moreover in verse 16, Manasseh shred, shed blood, blah, blah, blah. His sin, besides his sin with which he made Judah sin in evil, in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of them. So basically he provoked God. And the Bible says that he was, uh, that he was the worst of all the kings. No king arose before him and none after him. Okay. So now he has, Manasseh is the worst. Then comes Ammon and he's 22 year old, 22 years old. He did evil in the sight of the Lord for he walked in all the way of his father had walked and served the idols that his father had served and he worshiped them. So he forsook the Lord. Okay. So this is the, I mean, people talk about generational curses. Um, you know, here's something that is really stupid, but you have the worst king ever, okay? And then you have his son who walked in that way. And then you have this guy in verse, uh, um, in verse 24. It says, And the people of this land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his place. And then he says, um, it says, the rest of the acts of Ammon he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And then he said, he was buried in his grave in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son became king in his place. I'm going to read, there's going to be a lot of reading here, so just enjoy it. 
Josiah in chapter 22, I'll make comments as I go along. Uh, in chapter 22 of Second Kings, it says Josiah was eight years old. Now, he was eight years old when he became king. Remember, he was prophesied years before, generations before that he was going to rise up, okay? And he says, and he was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of, uh, of Bazka, okay? Now, understand this too. Remember, he said that Josiah was from the house of David. He's from the line of David. He's, you know, they didn't even mention Manasseh. He didn't even mention Ammon. But what he said was, this is, this is a son of David, okay? So he was, he was a man after God's heart. And in verse 2 of chapter 22, 2 Kings, this is probably prophetic to all of you prophetic people. Uh, 2 Kings 22, verse 2, we'll start there. He did right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in all the way of his father David, nor did he turn aside to the right or to the left. He reigned 31 years, so that means that he was 39 years old when he finished, okay? Now, in the 18th year of King Josiah, so this is at the age of 26, uh, the king sent Shepham, uh, the son of um, Azaliah, the son of that guy, uh, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have, ga uh, have gathered uh, from the people. They let him deliver it to the hand of the workmen who have uh, the uh, oversight. Let them deliver that money into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord and let them give it to the work of a workman who are in the house of the Lord to prepare the damages in the house. Okay, to the carpenters, to the builders, etc. Only no accounting shall be made with them for the money delivered into their hands for they will for they deal faithfully. So here's here's some carpenters, okay? This is so cool. They're builders, there's carpenters. He goes, listen, you don't even have to give account of the money. These guys act faithfully. So good. Um, and then Hilkiah the high priest said to Chef on the scribe, Hey, I found a book of the law in the house of the Lord. So he found the Torah. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shephon to read it. And Shephon the scribe came to the king and brought back word to the king, said, Your servants have emptied out the money that is found in the house, and they have delivered into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Moreover, Shephon the scribe told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shephon read it in the presence of the king. And when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. He was basically undone by this. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, um, Icom, the son of Shephon, Akbor, the son of um, that guy, Shephon the scribe, and um, uh, Asaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go inquire the Lord for me and the people and all Judah concerning the words of this book, that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written in it. Okay, now we're going to jump down. Um, and then so, um, uh, let's see. So, that, so then they do all this stuff and then we come in and go, but the king of Judah, but to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart is tender. Hear me, people, you have to have a tender heart 
to the Lord. Because your heart is tender and you have humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become uh, a desolation and a curse, you have torn your clothes and wept before, before me. I have truly heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see all of the evil that will be brought to this place. So they brought back word to the king. Okay, so here's what Jaya does. All right, I'm just going to, I'm not going to read the rest of this. You guys can read it. It's really pretty easy. Uh, it's pretty easy reading. It's up to uh, 23 verse 27. But what he does was he makes a covenant with the Lord. And then he just made a covenant. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant to, with the Lord to walk all uh, to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies. Okay. And then so he brings, Josiah brings, um, brings reformation uh, and reforms all of, all of these people. He reforms them and makes them right. Uh, and he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron and burned it in the brook Kidron and ground it to dust and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. And so he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes that were in the house of the Lord, where the women were weaving hangings for the Asherah. And he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense. Okay. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places did not go up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. He also defiled Tophah. I mean, like, all these gods. So just to say it, he, he took all these things and he just destroyed them. And, um, and he just destroyed the altar. He did all that. The high places um, were made for destruction and he defiled them all. He broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherim and filled their places with human bones. Furthermore, the altar that was in Bethel and the, and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, uh, who had made Israel sin, had made, even that altar in the high place, he broke down. Now, when Josiah uh, turned, he saw the graves uh, that were on the mountain, that were there on the mountain, and he sent and took all the bones from the graves and burned them on the altar and defiled that altar according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed uh, these things. And then he said, what is this monument I see? And the men of the city told him, is the grave of the man of God who came from Judah. Now, don't forget, First Corinthians, sorry, First Kings 13, there was a man from Judah that came, uh, the man of God from Judah to Bethel. He came, all right? And this guy said, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar will be split apart and the ashes that were on it will be poured out. Okay, and um, he said, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you and human bones shall be burned on you. And so he does all of this stuff. And then he reinstitutes the Passover. Here's this guy, a hero of the Bible named Josiah. And he, he goes ahead and he uh, totally reforms and totally restores uh, Judah back to God. And, um, and like, he says, this man loves me. God is saying, this man loves me. And he's like, God is blown away by this. And he says that you're going you're gonna to die in peace. And he, in his righteous anger, he destroyed all the prophets of the Asherim, 
all the priests of the ashram and tore down the high places. And um, we talked a little bit about it yesterday in, um, when we talked about Jonathan and the armor bear. God is looking for one guy that's going to get riled up and, and just have his, his um, adrenaline kick in that's going to do something right. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Literally, he didn't have a, um, he, the way I imagine an eight-year-old, he did not have the, um, the cultural pollution that his father had done or even his grandfather had done. He was eight years old, okay? His father did all this for the first eight years of his life. And then the guy turns 26, and he's, he's reading this book. Some the, the priest brings the book to him, and they read it, and he goes, holy smokes, we're not even obeying any of this. He thought it was that was their culture to do those things. But they read the book, and they go, no, we have to surrender to God. And he became like his father, David. I want to tell you today, there's so much in here about this guy, Josiah. And you can read it. You can read it for yourself, 2 Kings 22. Uh, 21, 22, and 23, you can read it and just see this guy's life, how he reformed, totally transformed Judah. And um, and you can read that for yourself. But I want to go back to chapter 13, when this man of God from Judah, he came to Bethel, okay? And um, it's, it's kind of humorous because I go to Bethel. And he came to Bethel and he makes this prophecy about this man of God, uh, the, this this king that was going to be raised up and he's going to restore everything. And um, I'm just telling you this because it's so important that the fire of God is starting to burn in somebody's heart to do what's right. And you don't know what happened years ago before you were born. Uh, things that were said about you, things that were prophesied. If they were not prophesied on earth, they were spoken of in heaven. And you were born for this moment you were born for this time. You are not born for some time in the past. Your time is not over yet. If you're still alive, you still have uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you. You still have the life of God in your bones. And, uh, and God is ready to use you. God is ready to take you and to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. He's already ready to do it. He's already ready. This prophecy was so specific in 1 Kings 13 about Josiah. It was very specific. There's no mistake in what was being said. Nothing whatsoever was being mistaken. Beloved, I want you to understand something. You were born for a purpose. You were born for a destiny. You were born to change the world. You were born for it. It's your moment. Not tomorrow. Today. It's time for you to surrender. God's not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. He doesn't need somebody with charisma. He doesn't need somebody with all the details. He doesn't look for golden vessels, popular people. He doesn't look for silver vessels, 
He's looking for yielded vessels. A yielded sacrifice is what God's looking for. Are you ready? Are you ready to take your place? It's time. Perhaps today you have never given your life to Jesus. And you're listening to this podcast, maybe on purpose, maybe by accident. And you understand that God has his hand on your life. And in fact, even now you're, you have this warming going on in your heart. Your heart's pumping fast, but you have this warming thing in your heart. And even right now, you're saying something like, well, he can't be talking about me. I'm talking about you. This is your moment. God's calling you to surrender your life completely to him. No ifs, ands, or buts. He loves you, dude. He loves you, ma'am. He really does. He cares about you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what lineage you came from. God loves you. You are not orphaned anymore. You are not orphaned. He loves you. And if you'll receive him, he'll receive you into his family. And the best thing that I can say about that is I was talking to a missionary friend of mine. And she said when she was 11 years old, she asked Jesus to come into her life. And then when she was 31 years old, she asked Jesus if it was okay if she could come into his life. And she did. It's your moment. It's your time. No time to waste. So Jesus, I just ask that each one that is feeling the, the, the urging to receive Jesus would do it right now. Holy Spirit, go deeper than ever before into their hearts. I thank you for the cross, the blood of Jesus that took all our sins away. I thank you that I'm, a, I'm dead. But Jesus, your resurrection has made me alive again. So thank you. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Next, tomorrow starts season two. So we'll, um, we'll go from there. We'll have a great day and enjoy yourselves.